Welcome to today's edition of the Career 100 Podcast. This series is designed to introduce students to different career options that are in demand and share the path each practitioner has taken to arrive in their current position. You're no longer just a technical writer, you're a member of an IT team trying to deliver a solution and you're just wearing many hats. So that variety makes it a lot of fun. You're not stuck in a very narrow writing role. You're doing all kinds of different things and these other activities inform your writing. You can write knowledgeably so that you can understand the issues and solve users' problems. Definitely technical writing has the most variety of any other writing career you could have. Paul, and this is the Career 100 Podcast. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen. Today we're going to be continuing our series on the top 100 careers. We're going to be talking with a new guest who's going to be talking about technical writing and its importance and why students who are considering and are good with writing may want to consider this particular field. Today's guest, I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about himself because I'm sitting here looking at it and I don't have your bio in front of me. I don't think I ever sent you a bio, so I'd be happy to just kind of tell listeners a little bit about myself. I'm a senior technical writer in a nonprofit organization in Utah. I also have a blog at idratherbewriting.com where I write about trends, issues, topics, and technical communication. My name is Tom Johnson and I've been a technical writer for about seven years so far. So tell me the difference between technical writing and other types of writing. I don't think that all of my audience is going to be familiar with what makes up technical writing and the types of organizations that might hire a technical writer. So right now, most technical writers are in the IT industry. So they write help material for software applications. There are other technical writers who maybe work in manufacturing or engineering or medical or science fields, and they write information related to those fields. But I would say at least the majority, if not maybe 75% of jobs in technical writing are with software companies that are producing software. And what a technical writer does, in short, is create instructions and other help material so that people who are using technical things such as software or they're trying to understand a complicated concept in science or medicine Hopefully they can learn it through the material that we create. And it's not just writing. It's any kind of material that we use to communicate, whether that is something that's text or if it's video or audio or multimedia or some kind of illustration. So it can be any type of media used to communicate technical instruction. Okay. So it's much broader than perhaps the title because it sounds like what I heard you say is that it's really about the multimedia experience. So something like a podcast could be something that might be used in a technical writing position or illustrations or any of those sorts of things. Because I think one of the things that is true is softwares seem to be getting much more abundant as well as sometimes they seem harder to use than they have been in the past. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, a lot of technical writers really hate the term technical writer. Uh, in fact, a lot of people will call themselves technical communicators or other things. The instructional designers kind of are similar in their role in that they're trying to teach people how to learn. But yeah, one of the misnomers about the technical writing field is that it involves just writing. It's just not true. In fact, 
writing only constitutes maybe 20% of how you spend your time. And more and more, I think users are looking for more interesting forms of help, especially video tutorials or screencasts or or other kinds of illustrative media that is a little more engaging. That's not to, to discount the fact that writing is still a main core staple of what we do. It's just that it's not the only thing. And so to say technical writer is a little bit pigeonholing in our role. I can see that. So when I was exploring and, and getting ready for this interview, I found a site where somebody who is in the technical communications role, like yourself, said that she kind of fell into the role. Could you tell me a little bit about how you became a technical writer? Sure. So my background is that I got a BA in English from Brigham Young University, and I thought I would maybe teach literature in college or something. I didn't really know what I was going to do. And on that day of graduation, I still didn't know what I would do. So I got a master's degree in creative writing because I love to write. And so I had a great time in New York City getting this degree and writing. And all the while I was kind of sweating, thinking, what am I going to do? And I, so I still had this idea that I would pursue some teaching job, but man, they were really hard to come by. I ended up teaching for a couple of years in the American University in Cairo, taught writing to Egyptian college students. And that was kind of fun. I realized that I didn't really like teaching, um, even, even though it was a good experience. But I realized that a teacher spends a lot of his or her life grading papers. And especially if you're teaching writing, you grade student essays, and that's no fun. A big old stack of student essays to grade would really get me in a grumpy mood. So uh, I decided I would rather write than teach others how to write. And uh, I turned to copywriting and worked for a while at a small nutrition health company, writing all kinds of material from marketing material to product information, labels, radio pitches, website copy, newsletters, email campaigns, exhausting my creative energy just trying to, to sell what I really didn't believe much in. Protein pills is what the main product this company had. And after a while, I realized that financially I was sinking because the salary of a copywriter, a new copywriter at least, wasn't really cutting it for me and to support my family. And I had a friend who said, look, you should really get involved in technical writing. And I said, oh, it seems so boring. You know, I, I just resisted it. I didn't want to be stuck in this really boring career. Finally, I, I did apply for a job as a technical writer in a financial company and realized that technical writing was quite an interesting field. It was a lot more interesting than copywriting. And after a couple of years there, I transitioned to another company and then another and found that technical writing was kind of the sweet spot for a literary career where you want to make enough money to support your family, at the same time use your talents and skills with writing and organization and other kinds of skills that you use when you're writing. And it's also turns out to be a super engaging environment to be involved in IT department. There are all kinds of people, the quality assurance engineers and project managers and developers and system administrators and all these people work on teams that are really quite lively and fun to interact with. So I realized that technical writing really is a, a good solid career for somebody who's interested in writing. Another. Right. Yeah. So it also seems like there is a component to technical writing that, you know, some people who want to write want to kind of write, you know, on the beach with their old trusty typewriter and all the rest of that, you know, kind of in isolation. But it seems that with being a technical writer, there's also a component of it 
where you're really out and engaged inside of companies and helping drive and communicate the vision of the company through your writing and how people can utilize the materials that they're putting out. Is that a correct assessment? Well, I want to clarify the difference between corporate writing or technical writing and more creative writing. Because when you bring in this picture of somebody sitting on a beach writing on a keyboard, whatever they've got, they still have an actual typewriter. <laughs> it's this dreamy little image of the creative writer. And you know that does not exist in the corporate world. Let's say technical writing aside, you get a job as a corporate communications person. Mm-hmm. What, what you're writing is not going to be creatively fulfilling. You may use your talents, but at least in my experience, what you write has to be so sanitized and propaganda-based. In other words, you have to put a positive spin on everything and you're trying to increase sales and everything's happy according to your products and everything. It's really not fun. When I, when I write on my personal blog, which is still technical writing related, I really write a lot more creatively. I can write negatively about things positively. I can use critical thinking as I kind of explore issues and trends and I can arrange it in different ways and it's a completely different mode. When you're doing technical writing, it's again like corporate communication. You're writing information, you're writing instructions. You're not using your critical thinking skills as you write. You're using a different kind of skill though. So I don't want to completely marginalize it. You're figuring out puzzles. You're figuring out how things work. And that could be quite uh, fulfilling in itself. For example, yesterday, I spent at least half the day trying to figure out how to get a single sign-on simulator to work on a Mac so that I could prepare for some, some video tutorial scenarios using some anonymous logins and so forth. And I was having a lot of difficulty trying to figure this out. I finally had to go ask some tech guru how to launch a certain file. And once I, I got it all working, it felt pretty good, you know? And now I can, can actually create these simulations that I was preparing for. But I think at least 75% of your time in IT, you spend solving technical problems, trying to figure out why something does something. You know, why is this giving me an error? Is this how it works or is this how it, it was supposed to work but then it was designed differently or am I doing something wrong here? And you investigate and you troubleshoot and then you finally figure it out. And then you maybe write about it. You write the how-to. But that writing component is only a small portion of your time and how you spend it. Well, I think you brought up a really valid point. So when I was talking about the creative aspects of your job, I meant I was thinking about it in terms of variety of the things that you might do inside of your job. And inside of that, there is the opportunity to present the material in multiple different ways and formats. You know, there's the writing aspect of it, perhaps video, perhaps an audio multimedia, all of those things or uh, ways that somebody who has a creative bent can exercise that creative bent inside of the role of a technical writer. Because I understand, because I've worked in personal finance for the last 18 years, 19 years now, I guess, that there is a limitation to how outside the box you can get in how you're communicating something because there is an image that the company wants to put out there in the world and the writing needs to be consistent with the image that they want to show the world. So I wasn't trying to say that 
there's lots and lots of creativity in the actual writing. I was more speaking to the point that there's more creativity than just writing in the role that you currently hold. Yes, yes, I totally agree with you. And I'm glad you brought that up because I want to emphasize that. You definitely do have a lot of creative latitude about layout and design and all these other elements that you bring into it. For example, let's say you're trying to illustrate a process, a workflow or something. You could open up Adobe Illustrator and just try to figure out the best way to display, portray whatever the process is. And, you know, that leverages some illustrator skills, but also just your own creativity and trying to come up with a way to make a concept that's abstract, more concrete. And that kind of creativity definitely is at work throughout the career of a technical writer. When you create an online help file, it's not just a matter of writing it and publishing it. You've got to figure out how you want it to look. How are you going to brand it? How do you want to design it? Everything from the line height between sentences to the font size, the typography, the colors, the length of the page, the column width, other kind of design elements like the table of contents, how many topics inside a book or do you do drop down hotspots or do you do something else? So there's all kinds of creative decisions that you make. And that kind of creativity is probably similar to maybe the creativity a developer feels when he or she creates a software application or a designer or, or somebody else. I mean, there's a lot of creative aspects in this. And this is one cool thing I really like about technical writing is that you pretty much control the writing and publishing process from beginning to end. So you don't just write copy in Microsoft Word and send it off to somebody else who designs it and somebody else who publishes it. That's how it works in the book world, right? You have a whole team of people who play different roles. But as a technical writer, you're the one who figures out how you're going to publish it, how you're going to deliver it. Once you've got it all designed how you want it, then you have to figure out, well, am I going to put it on a web server? Am I going to package this inside the application? Am I going to tie all of these topics to specific pages like a context-sensitive help? And then there's, of course, print guide. So forth. you can make one page attractively designed quick reference guides. You can make video tutorials that have a storyboard and workflow. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunity to be creative in how you design the information. Right. So I think that one of the things that is becoming clear as you are sharing is that this is not a job where all you're doing is writing. So if somebody was said that I want to be a writer, then this is beyond that. It's much more expanded And I think that a lot of students will benefit from knowing that this is something that they can control to the extent that you can control anything inside of any kind of corporation or nonprofit because so many things that we are part of are not something that we have the end control of. There often is layers of management or whatever within organizations that, you know, have some say in what's going on. And that's not to say that they wouldn't still have stay in it, but I think you've got a degree of control that perhaps had not been highlighted before you were sharing. Yeah, and I would go beyond that too. In addition to the variety of tasks that technical writers do in creating hell material, there's also a lot of variety about the roles that they play. In addition to just being a technical writer, a lot of times your role blends into quality assurance, support, project management, training. So as you're writing instructions, you're the first user, usually the most thorough user of the application. So you note bugs. And as you note bugs, you log them for developers to fix. 
And as you participate in meetings and raise your voice about how to simplify the workflow and how to improve the product, you're participating in more of a project management role. You're developing and helping shape the product roadmap. And as you field questions from users and try to listen to feedback on the application, you may play more of a support role. And, you know, all of these roles just kind of blend together now. And you're no longer just a technical writer. You're a member of an IT team that's really trying to deliver a solution. And you're just wearing many hats. And the technical writer one maybe is your predominant hat, but you play these other roles too. And so that variety makes it a lot of fun. You're not really stuck in a very narrow writing role. You're doing all kinds of different things. And these other activities inform your writing so that when you write, you can write knowledgeably so that you can understand the issues and write in ways that solve users' problems. But, you know, as far as writing careers, definitely technical writing has the most variety of any other writing career you could have. I've had roles after eight hours of doing that, I was about ready to just jump off a roof. It was, I mean, you can get so siloed in certain writing roles without any kind of movement into other sort of tasks that it can just bore you to death. So technical writing, while many people may think, oh, technical writing is so boring, it's not really the case because you're doing a hundred different things that other writing roles don't. Perfect. So is there a career path for being a technical writer? I mean, is there some sort of education that everybody has in common? I would say that most people identify themselves as a writer of some kind. You definitely have to feel comfortable with words and sentences. You shouldn't have any kind of grammar mistakes. It shouldn't be a weak point of your skill set. But most people fall into technical writing through one or another route. They don't really all come through the same path. And there are people who, for example, I had a boss once who had a PhD in biology and she found she didn't like lab work and turned to technical writing. Another person has like an anthropology background. Some people transition over from computer development. They just find that they prefer writing rather than developing code. But I think in general, most people have some kind of writing background, whether it's a degree in English or their humanities. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that you can demonstrate proficiency in writing. You don't need anything more than a four-year college degree. You can have a master's degree. That's great. You definitely don't need a PhD. But what you have to do is pull together a portfolio that convinces people that you have writing skills and convinces people that you have technical skills, that you can understand different tools that technical writers use, help authoring tools, graphics tools, video tools, and that you can bring your other talents, your writing talents, and integrate with those. Okay. So if you had the opportunity to give a young Tom advice based on what you know now about the technical writing field, what would you tell a young Tom now? So this is a great question. And in fact, thinking about this one question has made this whole podcast worth it for me, <laughs> just okay. on a personal level. So it made me realize a few things. But here's the advice I would give you. And this is advice that one of the professionals in the field constantly gives. He says you should really make your skill set a hybrid skill set. So you're not just a writer, but you're like a writer slash project manager or a writer slash illustrator or you're a writer slash video creator. And one of my colleagues at work right now is a writer slash usability expert. And another colleague is a writer slash tools expert. So I think... Given that writing isn't your main 
thing that you do for eight hours a day. You really have to have another specialization where you can say, look, it's not just writing that I can do. I can also put together really cool screencasts or something. So my advice is find out what your complementary skill is. Double major in that. If you're majoring in English, major in uh, English and minor in design or computer science or something. Get, get a secondary skill set. Now, my advice is to figure out what that secondary skill set is for you. And that's going to be different for different people. Different people really have different interests. It's impossible to just say you should have a secondary skill set with illustration or something because that may not fit the person's interests. On the other hand, if you love to draw pictures, it may be great. I have a colleague who's an excellent cartoonist and I'm always telling him he should do more with illustration. And when he does, it blows people away. Personally, I like the video route. I find that when I'm trying to learn software, I go to lynda.com and I watch video tutorials. So if that's how I prefer to learn, shouldn't I try to give other people the same sort of experience? But also, on a more deeply personal level, I like the creative writing side as well. And I find that having a blog based on the same topic as my career, tech writing, does amazing things. It helps me think about what I'm doing in a deeply critical way. Almost no day goes by where I don't have thoughts about something that I can't expand and play around with on my blog. And, and usually, as I write out a post, I make all kinds of connections and realizations that I totally wouldn't have, have had during the day. So my advice to a young me would be, hey, you should write more like creatively on your blog. And I'm not talking like fiction, just personal essays based on what you're doing at work, as well as the video component. I wish I were better at all that because I know that really gets a lot of people's attention in the workplace. So that's my advice. Basically, figure out what your hybrid career is. Got it. You know, I, I think that students can benefit from knowing that there is very few careers out there that all you do is that one thing. I think that in general... Being in the workplace in the United States means being hybrid. Otherwise, you really are in danger of being the next person laid off. If all you can do is type, then, you know, when people started to move towards computers and you weren't willing to make the transition, you really put yourself in a vulnerable position. So I think that that is good advice going forward for anybody is to think about what it is that you're doing and have some other thing that you're also good at that you can integrate into and that brings more value to you as an employee and it brings more value to your employer for hiring you. You know, one of the huge trends right now and issues in tech com is that writing is seen more and more as a commodity or in other words, as some skill that you could just outsource. In fact, not even seen as a skill at all, just some little task that anybody can do. And you'll find that most people in an organization feel they can write just fine. And that's because they send emails, right? You can type an email just fine. You can create a project report just fine. So why can't you do any other type of writing too? So for the technical writer, this is kind of like, well, what do you do with that if anybody can do your job, right? So that's one reason why you have to do more than just write. I have found that it's usually untrue that writing is kind of a spectrum skill where people can do some low-level types of writing really well, 
But you get into more advanced things, you know, if you're writing a book, for example, it takes a lot of skill. In fact, I think a lot of technical writers wouldn't say, oh, yeah, I could write a book easily. I mean, if so, they would do it. So there's a spectrum there of writing abilities and skills, and it's constantly challenged in the workplace where other people, developers, for example, may just want to write the documentation, and they look at it and they say, oh, this is fine, without realizing that it's complete nonsense to end users who can't make sense of it, and basically other people don't really find it that helpful. So it's definitely something to keep in mind. Well, I think that kind of speaks to a point that I always like to share about, which is, you know, I'm absolutely brilliant at 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, but however, sometimes when I look at what I've written at three o'clock in the morning in the light of the day, it's not quite as brilliant as it sounded when I first wrote it. So I've had the pleasure of hiring a number of writers in the time that I've been doing this business. And one of the things that is really clear to me is there's a lot of people who call themselves writers, but they don't necessarily write at the standards that I would like to be represented at. And so, you know, I've had a number of writers, and I've got this one particular writer I've been working with for the last two years because she gets what I'm trying to say and the way that I'm trying to say it. Whereas a lot of people have written stuff and it's just like, to me, it was just completely unusable. And it's hard to be able to explain that to somebody. It's just like, well, you know, all my grammar's correct. And it's just like, yeah, but it doesn't have the right feel. It's not just about the words on the page. I'm going to have a problem with anybody who can't write and be grammatical at the same time. But it's also what I'm trying to convey with it. Because anytime you're talking about anything in the college space or in the financial space, I'm trying to take very abstract concepts and bring them down to, if you will, you know, the sixth grade level. So somebody who is eight, nine, ten could read what it is that I'm trying to say. And it's a special type of person who could make that connection and write to that level. Some people can only write at the sixth grade level, but they can't take the abstract concept down to the sixth grade level. So I think that it's important that students who are listening to this understand that while the industry is changing, one of the ways that they can distinguish themselves is being able to take very technical concepts and bring them down to be usable, as you were saying, for people. And I think that as you spend more time writing, you realize how much you can improve. I've always thought of myself as a really good writer, but I've come to the realization to know that I can write really well at a particular level, but sometimes I'm trying to write at a level that is beyond where I want to spend the time to get good at. Yeah, you know, there's a corollary in IT where people do a lot of usability studies where you bring in users after you've created an application or you've made a prototype, you bring in users to try to use it. And we have this usability lab in my work where it's got one of those mirror windows or something. You can watch users without them watching you. And uh, it usually blows everybody away how unintuitive people find applications that the project team thinks are completely straightforward. And it's the same way with help material. When, when that user clicks help and starts getting into that help material, the way they read it and process it is totally different from what most of us imagine. I mean, people skip, they skim, they give it five seconds, they're done. It's like, wow. It's, or they, they read it, they don't understand it, or they navigate in a totally different way. So it's really eye-opening once you get feedback. And so whatever skills you have, you definitely want to get that raw usability feedback to evaluate how good your skills are at reaching your audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so, so true. 
So let me ask you, and I think you've kind of hinted at it, what changes are going on in your industry that a person considering the technical writing profession needs to be aware of? Well, probably the most agreed upon change and trend right now is the proliferation of devices, mobile devices and platforms. It seems like everybody's got a smartphone, a lot of people have tablets, and they're trying to access the web on these smaller devices more commonly. And so if you're creating help material, you want that help material to live freely on any sort of device that you publish it to, whether that's online in a desktop setting or on somebody's little smartphone or on somebody's tablet. One of the professionals in the field, Scott Abel, told me a story where he was in an elevator and it got stuck and they called a service guy in and he had a, like a smartphone and on a smartphone, I think he had some kind of scanner that scanned some code that this elevator was giving and it scanned the code and then it delivered the instructions to fix the problem. And he, he said that it saved him like tons of time. He could get, I don't know, 200% more tickets done doing it that way than having to sort through and try to figure out where the problem is in a long text of some kind. So mobile devices is a huge trend. Personally, I think that uh, most software that people use is still on the desktop. And so the mobile trend applies to fields where people are walking around more mechanics, surveyors, other people who are out away from computers. I think there's definitely a trend towards a software development called Agile, which means that people are producing just part of an application and releasing it and then getting feedback that informs the next iteration of development and that aren't getting feedback. So the whole process is much faster and more dynamic. Things change much more quickly It used to be that you would spend two years coding an application and release it. And that sort of life made technical writing a little easier because you had like a two-year window. Right. (laughs) Whereas now it's like, well, you create a video tutorial, it may only have a shelf life of two months before it's then out of date. So you have to figure out how to keep pace. I think that video is becoming a huge trend. You see all the do-it-yourself how-tos on YouTube. And really, I think people prefer like short, quick, informal screencasts, video tutorials on how to do things. And uh, most technical communicators don't really produce those, maybe only 15%, 20%. But I think it's definitely um, something that is popular among users. I also see trends for more web-based things. Some people just like to search online to find answers, regardless of whether they're searching the company's site or somebody else's site. And uh, just having like a web presence is important. There's more and more need for companies to kind of push out articles in maybe their blog or their other site. And as a technical writer, you can recycle some of the content from help, maybe put some how-tos in there as marketing collaterals or marketing material on your company blog. There's also a trend towards globalization and trying to figure out ways to streamline translation so that you can reach larger and larger audiences because if your product doesn't have global appeal, you really uh, are at a a disadvantage. So those are the trends. More video, agile environments, more web-based things, uh, accommodating more devices and platforms, and globalization. All right. So I've got a last couple of questions. One is, it's a question that I always ask that always brings really interesting response, which is, Why do you think that being a technical writer is on the list of the top 100 careers? So definitely technical writing is 
listed in the top 100 because technology is such a hot field right now and you can't have a technology field without having instructions and other help material for people to understand the technology. So as long as like the role of a software programmer is hot, the technical writer is going to piggyback on that trend forever. And, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while. If you look at the trends that have taken place throughout history for the last 2,000 years, there's not a more significant and interesting trend than technology and all that has taken place in the last 40 years. And the Internet has only been around for like 15, 20 years, right? And look at how much it's changed everything. This is an exciting time to be alive, but even more exciting to be involved in the IT industry and to be a part of this rapidly changing, super important field and its impact. And, you know, some people have this crazy idea (laughs) that, well, I shouldn't say it's a crazy idea. A lot of people think that a good application doesn't need help because it's so intuitive. And that's true for really simple applications, things you can just figure out on your own and five, 10 minutes. But I would say the majority of applications that companies and corporations use for their employees and others are sophisticated on a level that is far beyond what it was 10 years ago. This thing that I mentioned earlier in the podcast about the single sign-on, trying to get that simulation to work locally on my computer. Well, Mm -hmm. as I was sitting in this office of this tech guru that like architected the system, He basically showed me this overview of of the way the whole network worked. And he he said, do you understand HTTP? And I was like, "Uh, maybe. I thought so. Then he began to explain the technical how-to behind how servers transfer information and inject information in headers and how it's passed from one gateway to the next. And I was just like, wow, I I had no idea, right? My, My technical understanding felt about an inch tall. And so... These systems that try to make things easy, maybe on the front end, on the back end, get more and more complicated. People get more and more specialized. It used to be that you, as a programmer, maybe you, you knew how to program. But now it's like, are you a .NET programmer? Are you a Java programmer? Are you a PHP programmer? A Python programmer? And there's probably five, ten other languages, Ruby on Rails, and all kinds of other specialized sort of skills. And each one of these is becoming more of a task that doesn't cross over. I mean, you... You know one type of technical information. You don't necessarily have a grasp of it all. And so this trend towards specialization makes the need for technical writers even more demanding. So there's a lot of opportunity, and the opportunity is only going to increase. I mean, technology is only getting more and more abundant and used and developed and specialized. And I think that you make an excellent point because, you know, I've been telling my husband that I need to get a new phone. I need to get one of these smartphones. And he's just like, given how you use a phone, I don't know that you really need to go to the next level. And I'm one of those people that you were talking about in terms of computer technology. I tend to skim because he's an engineer by training. Oftentimes, if I wait long enough, he'll figure it out on my own, and then he'll be explaining my new phone to me, and I won't even have to have gone through and opened the manuals. So I think that you made a really valid point in that oftentimes people create 
stuff that you expect people to use in a linear fashion. And there's people like myself who are never going to read all of your materials. I do have a trend to watch. If you've got videos, I'll watch the videos. But I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to be one of those people who's going to go through and read every line by line what you had to say about this particular software system. I'm kind of a person who would be more likely to just kind of try it or if I do whatever it is that I can figure out intuitively and then go to the material after I've had it for a while to see what else I could do or can it do this other thing that I think could be done quicker, faster than the way that I've been doing it. I often find that that's how I'm using the technical writing that I use in my business, in my personal life. Yeah. And, you know, somebody wrote a great post. A guy named Mark Baker wrote a great post on this. And he argued that even if, let's say, 90% of users are the same way, right? They're never going to touch help material. They don't want to spend all that time just sorting through all this massive information to figure out a simple task that they can discover by asking some techie friend. Well, that techie friend, maybe that techie friend just naturally knows, but usually somebody is reading the help and informing others. Uh, whether that person plays a support role or they're just like one of these students of the application or they're, they're a techie, they're looking at the material and figuring it out by consulting the help, by exploring the app, by really digging into it. And then they disseminate that, that information to the rest of the crowd. And so, so a technical writer, you should never think that their help isn't having a reach or an impact. It just may be one level removed and indirectly going out to users. And also just keep in mind, you know, the level of sophistication of the application. And if you're talking about like an, a smartphone app, it's different from, say, Adobe Illustrator, which I think I could spend half of my life just learning. I've heard that about Illustrator, which is why I have a team that knows that. So let me ask you a final question. You know, if people were looking for additional information about you and how to reach out to you and learn more about it, could you share that information with us, please? Sure. I have a blog at idratherbewriting.com, and I post all kinds of information there related to techcom. If you're serious about getting into technical writing, you should probably check out a professional organization such as the Society for Technical Communication at stc.org if you're in the U.S. or if you're in, in Europe. There are some other organizations that are stronger. So find a group of people near you. A lot of times, you know, if you're in a city that's got a lot of IT activity, such as maybe somewhere in Southern California or in Texas or Atlanta, there's going to be lots of thriving technical writing groups, maybe through the STC or otherwise. And it's a good idea to hook up with maybe a mentor, somebody who can give you advice and guidance. So there's also a, a listserv that provides great information. It's called TechWorld, T-E-C-H-W-R-L.com. And uh, there's all kinds of traffic there. And there are a lot of other technical writing groups. But yeah, definitely get involved, get engaged. You can go to Alltop and look for technical writing blogs and get like the top 40 or so and just kind of keep abreast of what people are saying and what the trends are. And start your own blog. If you really want to be employable, start your own blog on technical writing and write about what you're learning. Write about what you are hoping to learn or your experiments and different techniques. That will really put you in a good light for employers because they see 
this blog as a, an example of somebody who's enthusiastic, somebody who's a self-learner, and somebody who's got writing skills if you come across as likable. I think that that's always great is to get a mentor, take the time to research the industry and know what else is going on in the industry by checking out blogs like yours, starting your own blog, and then really kind of moving forward. So I thank you very much, Tom, for the time that you've spent with me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. To learn more about the college planning process, I invite you to visit our website, College Funding Resource. I also encourage my listeners to keep coming back to listen to more of our Career 100 podcasts. If you appreciate what we've been doing in the Career 100 podcast, I ask you to go and rate this podcast in iTunes. At College Funding Resource, you will be able to listen to guests like Tom who have valuable information to share. And I want to thank all of my listeners for joining us today and hope you will join me for another installment of the Career 100 podcast. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Career 100 Podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next podcast, where we'll continue to interview experts in the top 100 careers for 2011, giving you the insider's view of their chosen profession. If you'd like more information about planning and saving for college and to instantly download your free copy of College Funding Resources Report, Five Strategies That Parents Need to Start Using Today to Cut Their College Costs Tomorrow, visit www.collegefundingresource.com. That's www.collegefundingresource.com. This is Kathy Davis for the Career 100 Podcast.